Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. On the 23rd of June in 2017, the Brindley's family, uh, their life changed forever when they were told that their son James had been stabbed and killed. This isn't something that we've all experienced, but we do wonder how those left behind cope with such a tragic loss and a big void in their lives. Joining me on the line now to talk about James and the work that they've been doing in his memory to stop youth violence with the James Brindley Foundation is James' father, Mark. Good evening, Mark. Uh, Good evening, and good evening to your listeners. Thank you very much for your time this evening, Mark. First of all, so we get a, a picture. Tell us all about James. Oh, gosh, well, um, as James' father, I was incredibly proud of him, but, I mean, really, I have to start with the circumstances of his birth, which were traumatic. Uh, Bev was in labour with him 24, 25 hours, Mm -hmm. and uh, at the moment of birth, there were seven doctors and the midwife around uh, the, uh, you know around the birth and uh, eventually he was um, brought into this world using the Bontus method. I don't know whether any of your listeners who aren't medics will know, but that's like a suction cap that's put on the head. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, when he was born, the shape of his head because of that was um, very worrying. In fact, it was so worrying, I said to Beth, you know, we've got to be ready for um, our child to be brain damaged because mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like it. Mm. Um, but do you know what? It uh, his head uh, took on a normal uh, shape after a few months, and he became the most bonny little baby you could imagine. Blonde hair, mm-hmm. um, and he when he smiled. Everybody smiled with him. And uh, he turned into uh, a little entertainer uh, quite early on in his life. And, uh, you know, when he went to school, uh, he never let a school day go by uh, where education got in the way of entertaining his classmates or his, mm-hmm. his teachers. So he was a lively character. He was mischievous, but always in a you know, in a kindly way. Um, And he turned into a young man that we were incredibly proud of. Um, And, you know, following his murder, we learned things about him that we we really didn't know beforehand. At the site where he passed away were 657 bouquets of flowers, each one with a handwritten card, and I'm not just talking about a little tag, Mm. I'm talking about cards and letters, all saying how much fun he was to be with and what an inspiration he was to them and how he helped them through difficult times Mm. in their lives. In fact, there were two letters from two friends, two close friends, who described how James had actually saved them from taking their own lives, Mm. you know, in the darkest moments. So, 
um, we were incredibly proud of that, and uh, we, you know, we committed then to building a legacy in his memory for helping others, as he had done in his short, tragically short mm. life. If you can, Mark, can you talk me through the circumstances, to the best of your knowledge, about his murder and what yeah. led to it? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, um, James put his head round the door at half past ten that evening and said, I'm popping out to see some friends. And um, we said, well, have fun, take care. And have you got the door, the front door key? And, uh, you know, we said goodbye. And somewhere between leaving Aldridge, at some point um, leaving Aldridge at around midnight, he was um, chatting to his girlfriend on his mobile, mm -hmm. walking home alone. And he was attacked by two brothers. He was stabbed through the heart and left to die on the side of the road. And do you know what? During the whole process of the investigation, the, the trial and the uh, Court of Appeal in London in the Royal Courts, we never learnt why that happened. We learnt that it was wholly unprovoked. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we, we learnt uh, how well people can lie and avoid telling the truth mm -hmm. or even speaking because they have a right to remain silent. Uh, so even to this day, we are left forming our own opinions and coming to our own conclusions um, that unsolicited other people have corroborated, you know, without any discussion or comments from ourselves, so... And of course, you know, you haven't really had that closure that you need, have you? Well, that's exactly it, because any parent whose child has lost his or her life, but um, today it's generally young, young men, isn't it? Mm. Um, the truth is absolutely everything. And without the truth, you, you're absolutely right, that is a barrier. Um, so is the criminal justice system. And so is the lack of remorse or any recognition whatsoever. So what of, happened uh, in, the, in the court, Mark, as far as the offenders were concerned? Were they found guilty? And if so, yeah. what? Well, they were both, they were both charged with murder. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the QC and the CPS wouldn't have done that without um, being very certain of a, a, a positive outcome. But um, as things turned out, one brother was convicted of murder and is serving a, a life sentence, as it's called. It doesn't last all, all his life, of course. Uh, and the other brother was set free to walk the streets. Right. And um, I, we, we can't accept that. Um, so we, we've experienced partial justice. Um, I suppose in some ways we're lucky because a lot of families who've been left behind um, 
in similar circumstances haven't had any justice at all. No. And that's down to the imbalances within the criminal uh, within criminal law. <sighs> you, you, clearly, you, you need that closure, but when you, when you heard that, how did that make you feel? Um, outraged, um, full of rage, um, let down. Um, mm. Yeah, without having, you know, any previous knowledge of um, criminal law uh, or the justice system, we had faith in the system and we were told to have faith in the system. Um, but but that faith has been compromised. The system is failing yeah. too many people. Yes. So, from this tragic event, then you decided as a family to start up the James Brindley Foundation. Tell me about that. Yes, yeah, we did. Well, we were determined that James was not going to be a faceless knife crime statistic, uh, given the good that he did in his in his life. So. Uh, yes, we launched the James Brindley Foundation, which is now a registered charity as of 2020. Uh, we launched in 2018. Mm -hmm. And we, we set it up to raise awareness of all the issues surrounding youth violence and to raise money to allow us to create educational programs for children and young people um, so that they can build resilience and self-confidence to deal with the negative influences in their lives. And provide them with opportunities to live a better life away from antisocial or criminal behaviour. Um, so we launched uh, an educational programme called the Full Circle Programme at the same time as launching the charity. From what you've learned, Mark, what do you think causes these <clears throat> the, the problems that we hear about in relation to youth violence? And I'm not just necessarily talking about, you know, knife crime which we've covered on the programme before, but there are different elements to, to this. And as part yeah. of your education yeah. programme, you will have na naturally done some research in to, into this. Um, yeah. What what have you experienced? What have you learned? Yes. Well, um, I mean, if, if I could just pop a stage further back than that, mm. you know, this came as a, a bolt out of the blue. Um uh, our backgrounds are not related to education or social services. Uh, and we agonised over how this could have happened to James um, and how it could have happened in a place where we live, which is, you know, has a, one of the oldest populations in the country, believe it or not. Um, and... Um, yeah, this was something that was going. we were going over and over and over. We had to find answers. And one of the answers we came, uh, came up with was about fam the importance of family. And if um, young people don't have strong, positive uh, relationships with their parents or their carers, um, and they don't have a sense of belonging, then they look elsewhere. Mm. for a sense of belonging yeah. and they become vulnerable then to exploitation um, outside the family sure quite often but um, so yes we we believe that knife crime is a symptom and the root causes um, of um, 
youth violence in terms of the ones that we can address. You know, government has to address poverty and... Um, 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 well, things, Sorry, thing, uh, thing, things like know, issue, issue, Big issues well. like that, we, mm. we can't really have an effect on, but we believe there are eight root causes, um, and family functioning is at the, at the heart of that. Um, gang culture, exploitation, prejudice, radicalisation, substance misuse, peer pressure, all these things... Um, are influences on young people mm -hmm. and they're all interrelated and you cannot um, separate them so that's why it was called the full circle program because we look at the life of a young person in the round but you were saying a second ago that it's important that they have uh, that, that young people have strong bonds with their parents. As yeah. a foundation, you provide support to young people and parents, don't you? How does that work, and what form does that take? Um, well, um, in, in terms of um, the the young people, um, we have the full circle program, mm. and we train professionals generally in teaching, but. Uh, other professionals uh, outside uh, the school and the college um, to deliver the programme, the Full Circle programme, on our behalf because we believe that they have formed a relationship with young people and built trust um, and, and we qualify them to deliver the programme. Um, but we also do direct interventions through our programme manager, Danny, um, and she will assess these young people for risk factors, um, develop a, um, a strong, trusting, non-judgmental relationship with them um, and get to understand what's going on in their lives um, and then guide them away um, from negative influences uh, into what social workers will call pro-social um, activities mm -hmm. uh, but we go a step further than that and actually look at the, um, the, the the profile of a young person and we base our help on their key skills their natural abilities um, and develop interests that we can then turn into opportunities for work placements mm -hmm. and Hopefully that can lead to apprenticeships and long-term sustainable employment. Sure. But the programme's about giving young people who are really disengaged with education and society a belief in themselves and of a hope for a positive life, a good life, that, away from criminality. That's right. Now... Who supports you as a family, Mark? Because, you, I mean, you, you can't really do all this on your own, but you've still got this emotional, um, you know, sort of turmoil and constant reminders, and as you've said, the fact that you, you don't have this closure. So how are you functioning as a family unit, and where does that support come from? Well, um, we did have help from victim support early on. Um, but they are... Um, probably it's right to say underfunded mm. um they're stretched 
Um, so our support, which was uh, trauma support, because we were diagnosed with PTSD, um, you know, that was short-lived, unfortunately. Mm. So, yes, we've had support from, obviously, ongoing support from family uh, and friends, and James's friends, the mere fact that they uh, stay in touch with us is a real help to us because it shows us how much they cared for him and that really does help we 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 have the support of other trustees within the foundation david miller and particularly um my phone has just made a sound that makes me think it's about to die on me. It oh. is a landline, but uh, I need to put it back on the hook. To well, what we'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up quite quickly. I mean, you've talked about David Miller there, and he set up the Full Circle programme. He's um, a qualified paramedic with West Midlands Ambulance Service. Very briefly, tell me how West Midlands Ambulance Service are involved. Yeah, well, um, David... Um, we're very proud that David has actually uh, taken himself through a, um, a degree and got a, a fully qualified paramedic now. And he started the conversation with, with West Midlands Ambulance Services um, and got their commitment to support us through any way, we, we're, any help we're asking for, particularly through raising awareness um, and um, that with the public um, uh, through their social media and um, that support to design training programs for young people in schools mm. um, to apply bleed packs because quite often young people are first on the scene and if they know how to deal with a catastrophic bleed it could save lives sure um, because your phone is running out of power, just give yes, your. I'm just, so sorry, no, I not at all. Just go. This. Just give your. Um, give the, the website address a mention, Mark, if you will. Yes, the uh, the website is www.jamesbrindleyfoundation.co.uk, uh, and on there you can find everything you need to know about what we do in terms of fundraising, um, our proactivity in tackling youth violence. Um, and our campaigns and ways to donate. There's an enormous number of ways to donate. Mark Brindley from the James Brindley Foundation, thank you very much for talking to Friday Night Live. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 8pm. If you like our podcast, please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast presented by Clive Payne and produced by Andy Caddick.